Well, welcome to our first podcast. Uh, interestingly enough, it doesn't actually go by a name yet, but uh, I, th- I think uh, like many things over the next half hour or so, it's probably going to be work in progress, so please bear with us. Um, first of all, I better introduce myself. My name's Tom Grundy, and pretty much I'm hoping that this will give me a good opportunity to improve some of my journalistic skills, which I'm trying to work on. I'm joined by my friend and long-time cricket teammate, Mike Brown. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, Tom, for roping me into this. I'm not quite sure I've uh, got involved, but I'll try and bore you all with uh, some too many stats or anything. Yeah, I was going to say, I've obviously got an excuse for this. I'm not really sure what your excuse uh, is. Uh, but we make a regular habit about uh, talking all things cricket too much of the time, so hopefully it won't make too much of a difference having a microphone in front of us as well. Well, I think the best place to start is probably with the recent England-Sri Lanka test series. Didn't go quite as the new regime planned planned it to, but probably the best place to start on that front is uh, the new players. Much changed England side. I don't know what the exact statistic was, but well, should we say four and a half new players in uh, Robson Balance, uh, Moeen Ali, Jordan, and Liam Plunkett coming back from a fairly large hiatus um, from international cricket. But I don't know what the statistics were on um, how many changes between two tests England have had in a while, but. Certainly, uh, certainly was a new look team. Uh, what did you make of how they went, um, Robson in his first test? Yeah, I think uh, first test, especially in the first innings, you could see that he was quite nervous. Um, especially probably a little bit of added pressure playing at Lords. People saying that you know it's his home ground. He's played a lot of cricket there, so he should be used to the slope. Um, you know, his dismissal in the first innings was quite a nervous prod, really a ball that any other time and if he was in the middle section I'm sure I'm sure he'd have left alone. Um he certainly didn't didn't disappoint himself. He looked looked a lively player. It was interesting, wasn't it, how after the first test, I mean, kind of sums up our media and our fans over here, but they were already saying he wasn't ready for test cricket, already saying that he didn't have the technique for it, albeit after two innings and coming off the back of a pretty amazing winter with the Lions as exactly, well. Yeah. Uh, Proved him wrong in the second test. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was, I was uh, surprised. Probably isn't the right word, but just because I didn't, I know, I, I, I appreciate he's a, he's a good player, but I didn't think he'd settle in that that quickly mm. and dominate um, as soon as he did. But yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's a great sign for for the future. And I guess. almost looked more at home than Cook opening up at, at Headingley, which did. is something we'll come to in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Balance, of course, did make his debut in. In Sydney, mm-hmm. um, but really this was kind of the first first time in Test cricket he'd really really looked at home. Bang at number three, something yeah, you was kind that, of I, expected. I didn't. To to be honest, before before the series started, I I actually thought they would go uh, root at three and balance at five. Uh, I mean, I know for Yorkshire he's batted four and scored a lot of runs there, but I just thought that root having more experience facing a new ball and you know this time last year was opening. Uh, in the in the Ashes series here, I thought they'd probably go with him at three, uh, but you know I think he's probably proved me and a few others wrong. Wow! And first innings runs in the second test, and pretty important second innings runs in the first test as well. Yeah. Um, which is what you want from your number three. You need him to be consistent, obviously, as Jonathan Trott has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. I imagine he'll be settled in there for a few years, is what. Peter Moores will be hoping. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Moeen so Ali, someone that you've obviously followed yeah, closely being, being a Worcestershire supporter. Yeah, so I've sort of seen Moeen play uh, a few times. Saw him, saw him more in white ball cricket last year, and you know, he's a he's a good player. A uh, little bit surprised. I I I thought he would uh, that he might be seen as too much of a risk. To go straight into the test side. And would you have him at six? You don't. You don't think there's a, a kind of cause for championing him at the order? I think probably in this side I'd have him at six, um, because I think there's more settled, more settled guys, and probably t- guys with tighter techniques at the top. I was just saying about you know, you know, if he's in in the first over, if somebody snicks off in the first over, I'd probably rather see Balance coming in at three than Ali at this stage. Um, but that's certainly not saying that if he settles into Test cricket, and obviously like he showed in the last Test, he has got the heart for the battle and can yeah. can really grind it out when he needs to. So yeah. I just think the jury's still out on his bowling, obviously. Yeah, you know, um, the word part-time spinner I've read a lot on Twitter and in, in 
from the press over the last few weeks, um, and a few, I saw a few people disagreeing with with that, saying you know he's more than a part-time spinner, which yeah he probably is in county cricket, but he at Test cricket he's not a, he's not a frontline mm. Test spinner. Uh, and you now kind of get this situation where he's almost fighting, and probably has his place for the foreseeable future, but he's probably competing more with Ben Stokes than he is with an actual frontline spinner yeah. because. You see, a lot of people want Stokes back in the side, but you don't really see him uh, batting anywhere other than six or perhaps seven with a keeper at six, and then you don't really see him bowling much before you know a third, fourth change bowler. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds, especially as you know, Indians come along. He won't be any kind of any easier to bowl to as a spinner. No. Um, Chris Jordan perhaps flattered to deceive a bit. Um, I thought he's probably quite unlucky. He. You know, in terms of in, in terms of his uh, his return wicket wise, it it wasn't great. He took, mm. I mean, took took a three. And that that really bad, really poor was it third or fourth day that England had in the second test. You kind of come back to looking at, I don't know if you've got the exact stats there um, in the second test, yeah. was it? Uh, but yeah, here we go. Um, I'm just looking at it now. Sri Lanka second inning, Stuart Broad, 29 overs, none for 86. Uh, Chris Jordan, 28 overs, none for 79. Uh, and that's on a that's on a kind of pitch where the likes of Prasad of Sri Lanka have taken 5 for 50 a day later. Um, and the Sri Lankan seamers have really kind of grown together and bowled well on it. So that's, that's a worrying aspect for England. It kind of harks back to the winter, even if Anderson has found his form a bit. Mm-hmm. Um Carrying on with the bowlers, though, Plunkett was a real revelation. Yeah, Plunkett. Revelation at Leeds in particular. Yeah, nice to see. Good to see an, an English bowler running in and bowling quick, uh, roughing them up. I thought they probably did get a little bit carried away with the short tactics, um, but but I thought he did well. And, you know, I'd say we'd, we mentioned Stokes and Stokes coming back in the team. I'd probably say my view at this stage that it would be Jordan that misses mm. out for Stokes. Um, you know, I watched I watched the highlights of Stokes ripping. Uh, was it Sussex? Yeah, it was. Was it seven for? Yeah, he looked like he was with ten in the match. Didn't yeah, he? he looked like he was bowling very sharp and moving it around both ways. So, uh, and I think interestingly, that was that was the uh, he put his hand up. That was that Monday, so the fourth day of the mm. second test, where England sort of. Yeah. We're really struggling and struggling to to find a breakthrough, and Stokes was uh, was certainly making taking his claim up. And I guess the kind of thing that links into this is one thing I wanted to talk about is the new the new structure, the new coaching regime. Peter Moores, Paul Farbrace, and then obviously you can add on to that James Whitaker and Mick Newell coming in to do the selection as well. Um, do you think Plunkett and Moeen Ali and Chris Jordan with his role as well was there kind of a hangover from Australia, an intent to be more aggressive, the Mitchell Johnson factor that beat us. But, I mean, wrong or right, were we kind of reacting to that with yeah, those sort of players? I, I think we were reacting to it, and I think we had to, really. Um, you know, we were completely outplayed and outshone in, in the winter, and our tactics were completely showed up. That sort of breed of Defensive, conservative yeah, cricket. I mean, it worked for so many years with Bresden and Broad Anderson. and. Yeah. You did get the other end of the spectrum, the calls for someone like Tymor Mills, who obviously probably isn't ready right now for anything close to international cricket, but perhaps Plunkett. Um, and for that mind, a couple of the other new selections represented a new way of going about things for them. Um, also interesting in that, I think you could get away with having the more defensive-minded bowlers, such as Bresnan bowling first change, when you had an aggressive spinner like Swan. Yeah. Because you still had that aggression, but it was just coming in a different form. Yeah. Now, when you haven't got an aggressive frontline spinner, or some may say a not no frontline spinner at all, they're looking for the aggression in in yeah. other ways. But of course, um, you can kind of temper that with the other side of things. This series, uh, the Lord's Declaration, it always seems to be a kind of yeah. favourite topic of criticising England captains. I'm not sure if we can just bring up the uh, first test stats again. Yep. Uh, 390 was it in the end to, um, that we set Sri Lanka on the final day? Yeah, 390. Um, and there was obviously a kind of big big push for Gary Banks to get his 100 in that second innings. But um, 201 for 9 in the end, the Sri Lankans. So just 189 in short. Yeah, um, it, it, it is one of those things. 
if you'd have if you'd said to Gary Balance now, would you have taken seventy five not out in an England win? Of course he would have done. Um, so it's it's got to have a factor. I think probably on Cook's mind, the fact that mm. Balance was getting closer, it was his first would have been his first Test ton at yeah. Lords. And I guess it comes back to Cook, doesn't it? I mean, just looking for those of you who aren't aware, we're recording this on Friday, the twenty seventh of June, and uh, just bringing up now a few comments from who other but Shane Warne. Uh, who's actually come out and said that Monday at Headingley uh, was the worst day of captaincy he's witnessed um, at international level in almost 25 years in the game. Uh, not one to hold back. He's kind of claimed that he's not championing Australia's cause and fighting their corner because, as he says, if he was, he'd want him to stay in the captaincy. <laughs> uh, just looking for headlines again there? Or is it something you can kind of... You know, I mean, the, the more series that go by, it's kind of an opinion that's gathering more weight. When yeah. he was... When he was saying it in a England Ashes win last summer, it was easy to forget. But now it's 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 strange, isn't it? Yeah, everything everything Mr. Warren does, there's there is some element of looking for headlines and finding the limelight. But you know, I the, the writing's on the wall. The facts are there. He's, he has got a point. Um, I actually did think that Cook might have gone after the Headingley Test. I was sort of trolling Twitter as I tend to do on my lunch break um, on Tuesday and there was sort of gathering momentum that people saying oh he's definitely going and stuff and often often in those cases that it proves to be right but yeah, so I mean what do, do you kind of do you agree with the argument that you you'd take his runs if it meant losing the captaincy I mean the cricket never always works that well there's no guarantee he'll score runs if he if he was to drop the captaincy yeah but. Um, you know, if if you had a, a a mystic ball and you said that Cook's not going to be captain, but he's going to get back to to the form he was in, even last summer, two summers ago, then I think you'd take it. But the problem is there isn't anybody sticking their hand up that you look around and think there's there's the ready-made next next person to step in. Calls for Bell again, but you know, has Bell really captain? Warwickshire that much has he done much captaincy and I think in the past when England have kind of got captains to step down you think of Nasser Hussain probably prolonged his international career a year or two through it and scored a lot of runs at that end of his career but I think it's a lot easier to stomach when you're into your 30s your era's kind of come and gone I mean Cook's era is still penciled in to be for another three or four years yet this this was the master plan Strauss followed by Cook and then Perhaps it's it's five or six years till they were looking to someone like Joe Root to come in. Um, I just wonder whether, for a proud man like Cook, who who's used to breaking so many records, whether it it might not be too easy to take to watch someone like Ian Bell captain what he always thought would be his team, even even if he is a obviously great team man as we presume he is. Yeah, uh, potentially a, a bit of pill to swallow. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it is a difficult one. He's just, it's just struggling. Was, you know, does he need more time working with Moores? Is Moores going to be able to coach his captaincy better? Because it took a while with Flower and Strauss, yeah. didn't it? You think back to the West Indies in early 2009, was it? When certainly didn't start out brilliantly for them. 1-0 loss with a few bore draws in there, but um, given a few months... It grew into something else. Yeah, and, and Cook, Cook, Cook's been working with Flower. They, they, they probably. You know, I don't know. I don't know Cook personally, but I'd imagine they're quite similar guys with quite similar views on cricket. Um, mm. So you know, he's probably he's been used to that relationship, that working relationship, and any time that changes in in any aspect of life, then you know it's going to take. You've got to gel. You've got to. People have different opinions, and it's gonna it's gonna take time. So. I think well, obviously now um, he could, will be captain for the five tests against India, and and that's it. You know, yeah, whatever Warren says in the press, whatever anybody else says, that's not going to change now. Yeah. So it's just got to give him full backing and see, have this conversation again in September, October after all the summer cricket's finished, and look look then towards the winter. Yeah, well, watch this space. I think uh, I'm going to take a short break just to just have a drink of water, but after that. Um, we'll come back and we'll look at look at that India Test series. It will be a fascinating one. Uh, we've both had a little look at personnel changes, whether we whether we think they might be a good idea or not, and perhaps who's waiting in the wings to uh, make any replacement should anyone drop out.
Well, welcome back. Um, the next thing to kind of look af- look forward to is the 9th of July. Trent Bridge, first of all, one of five test matches um, against India. Indian summer. We've got Trent Bridge, Lords, the Aegeus Bowl, Old Trafford and the Oval. Slightly unusual to have a five test uh, series at the end of our summer when it's not against the Aussies, but slightly refreshing as well, I think you'll agree. Um, might be the first time in a while after the back-to-backs and the short Sri Lanka series we might actually find out a lot about where this team's going. Quite importantly, it will be a hard summer for the bowlers. I'm not quite sure of how many of those are back to back, but you'd imagine at least two, well, at least four of the tests will kind yeah. of comprise of two back to backs. So, well, we're already saying Stuart Broad looked a little bit tired, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. Did seem to spend a bit of time off the field uh, during the last test. Um, he's, you know, him Anderson. They've had a lot, lot of overs over the last year. Um, on some hard pitches, certainly down under. Uh, you know, it's and without been... and without the luxury of Swan yeah. tying up in the middle overs, definitely. Um, that's certainly something we'll, we'll have to be looked at. We've kind of uh, done the age-old thing of trying to pick our. Well, we've not gone for our eleven because that's kind of obvious. We've imagined the eleven will stay fairly similar, uh, with an honourable mention for Ben Stokes potentially coming back uh, after the winter he had. You'd find it hard to imagine he won't be there or thereabouts. And as as you mentioned, Mike, uh, the seventh for and ten in the match against Sussex recently, as well as Chris Wokes, who's obviously been in the squad as well. Um, doesn't take too much imagination to to guess that he might still be around for the end of this summer. Uh, but what we have done, in in which case, is we've picked a second eleven, if you like. Uh, we were sniggering earlier, saying they might actually give the first eleven a game nowadays, uh, especially if Shane Warne picked the captain, maybe. Um, but obviously, there's there's kind of uh, the idea of them potentially playing a Lions game, or would would they come in and take someone's place uh, if there were injuries? Um, so I think uh, Give you an opportunity to maybe see my team first, Mike. Yeah, go for it. We uh, yeah we haven't seen each other's teams yet. We've kept it very quiet. So the uh, we went on the proviso that everybody was available for selection and would be a long term solution rather than just a short term fix. So as I say, we don't know each other's team, so this could be interesting to see any similarities or differences. Uh, well, I've got a, a Yorkshire based opening pair, top of the county championship at the minute. Um, Adam Live. Who can't really stop scoring runs at the moment, averaging 53 or just over this season. Um, and importantly, when I've always kind of looked at his stats, uh, his career average is near enough 40 nowadays, um, which it kind of started slowly for him after what I'd heard was a bright under 19s career. Um, and obviously, he's double 100 against Northampton recently as well. Um, interestingly, reading, reading the papers this morning, Andrew Gale uh, is captain at Yorkshire. Um, and keep in mind the strength they've got up there at Yorkshire at the minute. He called him the batsman with the most ability out of all their young players at Headingley. So you're including Root, Balance, Bairstow in that. Uh, that's quite a compliment. I've also gone with Alex Lees. Uh, he's had a steady start to the season, but that in itself is quite impressive. Played all nine games and consider it's usually a harder second season when the honeymoon period's over for these young players, still only 21. Um, and also 100 in Colombo versus Sri Lanka. kind of caught the eye in the winter. Whenever a young player from England does that in the subcontinent, it's always impressive. Um, at three, I think I've got someone that almost all people are having there, waiting in the wings team at the minute, if not in their first team. Even James Vince uh, has really come into his own this season. Um, it might just be his breakthrough year for someone that's always caught the eye. First to pass a thousand runs, averaging over eighty, um, and a two forty versus Essex in his last last championship game as well. Um, I think a few. Might have even been calling for him to start in, in the England side had it not been for some of the batsmen putting their hand up in the last series. Uh, at four, James Taylor, who's been consistent again this season. That's kind of his how his career's gone. Still averaging in the late 40s for his career, um, but it does seem a while since his, his debut two tests against South Africa in, in 2012. Uh, his 34 there showed a bit of promise around all the controversy of Kevin Peterson. Um, but you really have to think if he doesn't play more Test matches, it will it will be an odd career, career for someone who showed so much promise. Um, Owen Morgan at five, I mean turned down an IPL contract this year. He, he really has kind of, um, well, he's kind of taken his one day promise into first class cricket this year. The uh, five matches in Div One, fifty seven point seven five average, only Bearstow higher actually. Uh, who interestingly enough I've left out of my side for some reason. 
Um, two hundreds as well, which shows a bit of consistency, including a one nine one against Knotts, an attack considering um, including Peter Siddle as well, uh, considering the effect he had in the winter. Um, that's the kind of thing that stands out to me. Um, Nottinghamshire's rock, I've got a number six. I mean, Samit Patel always seems to score runs. I'm not too convinced by uh, the ability he has to play with the ball at the highest level. Uh, but at number six, he might get you a few overs as well. Averaging nearly 50 this year, obviously not um, going well in the first division in the county championship. Um, and he's leading the runs tally in Div 1 as well. Nearly 900 runs is a pretty good return for someone like him. Um, I have gone for uh, Joss Butler as my keeper. As much as the statistics say Bairstow, uh, I think it's probably right that Bairstow just keeps doing his thing in county cricket at the minute. Since his 121 uh, versus Sri Lanka at Lords, which really caught the eye, didn't it? He scored um, 100 not out in a close game versus Durham and 87 this week against North Ants. And that 100 not out, uh, from what I saw the scorecards and the highlights, really looked like a, a knock under pressure. Um, it almost took them over the line. Um, and it wasn't his own doing that kind of made them come unstuck in the end. But he seems like a he seems like a player for the pressure, and I think it's only a matter of time before we see if he can take it into the Red Bull international international game. Um, yeah, so coming in at number eight, someone that you might not have anticipated or you might have done, I'm not too sure. Uh, he's really caught the eye when I've seen him more in in the 2020 games on the TV. Um, Lewis Gregory at Somerset. Um, he's particularly overshadowed. I know a lot of people were looking at Jamie Overton. Um, at Somerset this year, a lot of raw pace in him. But every time I've gone to look at Overton, it's it's Gregory that's really caught the eye. Uh, eight wickets versus Durham in the match, nine versus Sussex, consistent returns, and he's got some talent with the bat as well. So one to keep an eye on. Toby Roland Jones is another one I've got in there at nine, um, averaging twenty three and a half with the ball this year, uh, twenty two career wise, and they're really amazing stats. Twenty two. Um, playing his cricket at Laws, we obviously England play a lot of their cricket as well. And he's 26 years old now, works a lot under Gus Fraser at Middlesex, and at that sort of age he should really be coming into his own. He's got all, all the the height, the action from what I've seen of it, of to be a top-class bowler. Um, I know both of us took a look at him at Grace Road last year against the New Zealand touring side, and he really caught the eye, um, as I said, in an attack that included the likes of uh, Chris Wright, I'm trying to think who else Wokes was playing that day. Wokes was there, wasn't he? Uh, onions, onions as well, and he was the one that kind of made made us look a little bit harder at him. And his stats really do hit home. Uh, perhaps a little hypocritical at me after what I said about Best. I wanted to go back to to county cricket for a year or so, but I have got Stephen Finn in there as well. Um, he's done what he's done in county cricket for most of his Test match life. He's taken wickets, thirty two in seven games. Um, but he's been kind of expensive. I mean, 3.85, I was looking down some of the stats. Out of all the leading wicket-takers, he's by far the most expensive, but he's an enforcer, something that perhaps uh, the England regime will, will want in their side. Um, and I just think the new the new regime will sooner or later need to have, need to have a look at him because, um, well, the, the England bowling stocks aren't looking as looking quite as healthy as when he was trailing the country as 12th man a year or two ago with Graham Onions. Finally, a tough decision between Simon Kerrigan, who I still think needs another go. Um, but I have gone from Riley from Kent as my spinner. Uh, he's bowling ahead of Treadwell down at down at Canterbury, which is a compliment in itself. 31 wickets, averaging 26. Um, Kerrigan, meanwhile, just over 30. Uh, and he seems to be consistently bowling well as well, whether it be taking 5 for 100 and something, which kind of show that he's, he's sticking with it or uh, smaller impacts, even in the short form of a game as well. He's certainly a growing talent. And I know with Graham Swan getting involved with the ECB, it might be might be watch this space with Riley. A um, few honourable mentions in there. Daryl Mitchell, someone that I'm, I'm kind of anticipating to perhaps see in your team, Mike. Uh, but he's, he's, he's scored a lot of runs this season. Uh, and he seems to be someone that's really at home with his game. Ravi Bapara, again, he seems to always be unlucky. Hasn't quite taken his chances. Um, someone interestingly left field I went for but decided not quite to go for Will Gidman from Gloucestershire uh, yeah, I, I, can, I won't give my team away but I okay. some strong considerations over Gidman as well yeah another another guy who's, whose stats really make you look, look twice and I don't want to come across as too much of a stats badger here um, but if he keeps kind of if he keeps kind of doing his thing down at down at Gloucestershire then 
higher honours make all, or perhaps more cynically, a, a slightly better contract at another county. Who knows? Um, and the only other kind of thing I've looked at is uh, it'll be interesting to see David Willey's fitness as well. Yeah. Uh, I think his his injury came at such a bad time for him. He would have certainly gone up to a full England honours by now had he not had he not got that in some form of the game. Yeah, I think he would um, have, would have certainly been involved in some of the uh, shorter format stuff over the winter. Yeah. Um, you know, he started. He's come back from injury. Did big big knock in the. 2020 was that against Warwickshire? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think I saw that. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how he gets back when they he gets back in the four day team because looks look looking like Northampton could do with him back, uh, especially in the seam department. They've sort of been struggling to bowl teams out this year and the step up to Div One. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Yeah, right, your turn now, then, Mike. Right, so um, there's a few few differences. I think just quickly looking down, it looks like we've got six the same. Um, so I won't I won't bore you and go over some of the stuff that I've got written down that Tom's already covered, but just uh, so who are the six then? So I'm thinking Vince. Vince, yeah, definitely Vince. Um, Morgan. Vince again, like you said, averaging eighty. You know, first name on the sheet this year. Uh, he does bowl some handy little medium mm. paces as well. So uh, yeah, definitely Vince. Uh, no Morgan. Mm. Uh, I put first one to put my hand up and admit I'm not a fan of Owen Morgan in the longer form of cricket. Um, I never really <laughs> sort of rated him. So so no, I didn't even consider Morgan. I, I, I okay know. okay. Um, so yeah, I'll quickly run through. I've I've gone lease opening opening the batting. Yeah. Like you said, you know, great great winter in Sri Lanka. Um, always looks classy when when I've seen him play. Probably one of the biggest uh, biggest things going for him is one of his big champion uh, people championing championing him at the minute <laughs> is Mr. Boycott. So okay, yeah. so if Jeffrey's on your back or uh, already. Giving boosting the right county, yeah, I think so. So yeah, I've gone lease up top. Okay, um, I've gone for a man to open the batting that has not had a particularly great start to the season. Uh, most of us will know him. Uh, I've picked this guy because if Cooks can struggles continue and they are looking for somebody to come in top of the order, I think he's probably more likely to than the likes of Adam Lythe or Daryl Mitchell at the minute, and that's Nick Compton. Yeah. Um, you know, as most of us know, he's got he played nine tests for England, a couple of hundreds. I think it was Wisden Cricketer of the Year, twenty twelve. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, I th- I just th- I've 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 gone with Compton, thinking that um, he'd be the most likely guy to come in and open the batting uh, at this stage. So I've gone Compton uh, at three. Uh, I've actually gone Scott Borthwick. Okay. Uh, and this is. More on what he's done last year and what he's got the potential to do. He pr- I've written here he probably doesn't deserve it so far this season, but I put him in on his age. And yeah, and he's decision. made a few runs. You, you yeah, and he's made a few runs, especially more recently. So you know, I think I think England like Borthwick. Um, they probably like him in all formats of cricket, and I just think that that Swan I'd, speaks highly of him. Yeah, um, you know, but I, I've got him in the team more as a uh, as a batter and a bit of a backup spinner, which I think he is. He's not. He's again. He's not ready to lead, be the leading spinner in the side. Um, for James Taylor, pretty much the same same reasons as you had. Uh, you know, he's he always scores runs. He's always averaging mid to high forties. He did okay in the tests, but you know, again, if if Touchwood Bell uh, got injured or anything, I think Taylor would be your man. You'd, you'd look to come in in that middle mm-hmm. order, and you know that he'd be he'd be ready. Um, so yeah, I've got Vince actually at five. Okay. Um, batting six and keeping wicket Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's not my he's not my he wouldn't be my first choice. Um, I think he needs more to play more first-class cricket, uh, get more experience in first-class cricket. Uh, I think it probably it probably speaks volumes that he couldn't get the gloves over Keyswetter at, at Somerset and had to look elsewhere. You, you know, if if the guys at Somerset were rating Keyswetter as a better keeper than than him, then that pro- that probably uh, speaks volumes to me. I, you know, ideally, I'd like Keyswetter, Davis, or Folks. But neither of those three have had a very good start no. to their season tour. I think I think Davis has actually been dropped um, yeah. for Wilson. So, 
so I'm going to go Butler uh, at six. Yeah, and they got Burns down at Surrey as well. Yeah, Burns not keeping me. They've got a few keepers oh, down there. Um, talking of Surrey, at seven. Now this is this is an odd one, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not I'm too sure this. I'm not too sure about this. At seven, I've gone for Zafar and Sari. Okay. Um, young guy. It's sort of probably you know he's come come through the MCCU system. Most most people probably first heard about him because I think he got Peterson out when Peterson mm. played for Surrey uh, against Cambridge. Uh, obviously, being a left arm spinner, there was a lot of press about that at the time. Uh, but he's really come to the fore this season. You know, he's he's in every week. He's actually batting three for Surrey. Uh, in what, to be honest, has been a quite a disappointing. Um, Surrey side it so seems far. to be one of the ones that actually brings a bit of consistency to yeah, a very inconsistent definitely character. I mean he's um, he's scored f- 587 uh, runs in the county championship so far this season batting anywhere between 6 and 3 yeah. a couple of hundreds a real gritty knock against Gloucestershire I think it was as well and he's chipped in with 17 wickets again he's probably not my fir- my leading spinner at this stage but He's something different. He's a left-arm orthodox spinner, and he would certainly bowl you overs, especially you know used to bowling at the Oval, which we all mm. know does take spin. So I've got Ansari at seven. Yeah. Um, my eight to eleven sort of pick your own order. Uh, <laughs> we've got a couple of similarities in here. Again, Roland Jones. Um, I've initially put him in at eight. Like Tom said, we watched him last year at Grace Road. Very impressive. Seems to have a good strong action. Suffered a little bit of injury last year, but he seems to have come back strong. Uh, interesting enough, I actually watched his first class debut. Um, first class debut, I think 2010, Middlesex versus Oxford MCCU. I had a couple of mates playing for Oxford, so I went down and watched, and I sort of thought, oh, I wonder who this bloke is, and kept an eye on him ever since then, and he's really done well. In what is a strong Middlesex attack, you've got Finn, Murta. Harris has been Harris, in yeah. So Roland Jones is always shining. So I definitely think he's one for the future. And you know, I think as well, the names we've mentioned, Stokes and Wokes coming into that Test team. I, I think if there was injuries to a bowler, I think Roland Jones wouldn't be far off a Test a Test squad this summer. Um, my spinner, I've gone Riley. Uh, top English spinner in the, this year. Like you said, he's keeping Treadwell out. Treadwell's even gone on loan now to Kent. I just think he's the long-term successor to Swan um, in in all formats. Uh, I, I really think you know rate him and, mm. and same same reasons as you. Yeah. Um, Jack Brooks, just for the fact he's the top wicket taker in this year so far, apart from Ajmal, top wicket taker in champ in Div One. Took forty-two wickets. He's got two fifers, one of them an eight for. He's just taking wickets. He's mm-hmm. not, he, you know, he nibbles it about. Early season English conditions do suit him, but you can't look past his wickets no, and what he's done not. so far. Um, and then my last pick, again, is a little bit left field. Although by the end of the season, you might not think so much as he's coming back from injury. I've actually gone for Nathan Buck from Leicestershire. Okay, uh, I say. Coming up from injury, I really rate him. I think he's got looks like he's got a good good action. Um, his debut season was two thousand eleven, and interestingly enough, he went straight on a Lions tour. So you know they obviously rate him highly. Uh, he's playing at Leicester, bottom of Div Two, quite a weak Leicester team. He's managed six games this season, and he's already taken twenty seven wickets. So he's you know yes. it looks it looks like he does move the ball both ways, and I'm quite interested to see how he goes. Um, so that's that's my team. The sort of I will I've jotted down the, our differences, and I'll just run through the reasons. Well, I've covered the reason I didn't pick Morgan. Live was close, but I would say I went for Compton. Um, Samit Patel. Too fat. No, no, no. <laughs> just uh, you know, I've gone Ansari because I just think he's got he's more future. I think Samit's mm. time with England is probably a little right. bit behind him. Yeah. Uh, Gregory started the season well. I think he's I think he's been suffering from a bit of an injury, um, so that's why I sort of didn't go with Gregory and Finn. He's taking wickets, but he's taking wickets at tailenders, and he's going he's mm. going for runs. And I just want to have a look at Brooks and Buck just if in our uh, fantasy Lions team. So that well, yeah, that's that's what I've gone for. Sixteen or so names to to kind of keep an eye on there and. 
as you mentioned, also as the season rolls on and conditions can change dramatically in England between your April, your May and uh, and the middle of the season. So we might as well see see a few others coming into contention as well. Um, we're just going to take another short break, but when we come back we'll uh, um, be forgetting the, the red ball cricket, uh, turning the whites into pyjamas and be talking about uh, the NatWest T20 Blast and how that's been progressing this season. Okay, welcome back. Um, as promised, we'd uh, be turning our attention to uh, the NatWest T20 Blast now. Uh, new competition, but seems to be some of the uh, well, some of the same sides and some different ones uh, showing showing their strength this year. A North Division and a South Division. Most teams six, seven, or eight games in as we speak, uh, just before the games on on Friday the twenty seventh. North Division, um, Worcestershire, who we'll come to in a second, going strong at the top with a really kind of uh, well, it seems to be a team performance every time I see them, but they certainly uh, are making the most of their overseas acquisition in Ajmal. Lancashire as well, don't seem to be too affected by uh, Peter Moore's departing them early season. Um, and Warwickshire on the seven games as well, still up there. be interesting to see how they progress after a few indifferent results recently. In the South Division, it seems to be Hampshire every year. They really have a formula for 2020 cricket, don't they really? Um, you think of their successes in the past... Um, would Briggs always seem to to impress, don't they, down down Southampton? Yeah, yeah. As I say, Hampshire sort of always always get to, tend to always get to finals day. They struggle to uh, get over get over the line. Um, but yeah, you know they're they're a good team. They've got an explosive batting lineup, especially now with the added uh, Maxwell in there. Yeah. Uh, saw Carberry got runs the other day, and Adams. Um, another guy at Hampshire that we haven't mentioned who actually probably would have been close to my line seeming if he was fit is Liam Dawson so mm. they, they've got a, they've got all bases covered really and whether it be uh, Wheater behind the stumps or in previous seasons Bates as well I mean they, they really kind of have a plan that they stick to Yeah, uh, they can really put the pressure on teams as well um, a few sides struggling down there that we might not have expected Somerset always consistent Middlesex as well have got a lot of talent mm. um, not been there a year really Somerset perhaps uh, kind of missing Joss Butler in this this form of yeah, game. Yeah, potentially. It's a star man, isn't it? The opposition fear whether he's coming off or not. I don't think Triscothic as well. He sort of, you know, hasn't. He's always been up there in terms of run scorers in in the twenty uh, twenty competitions, but maybe he hasn't got that weight of runs this year. Um, Keyswetter too. You know, he had a great season last year. hasn't hasn't replicated that as yet. So. You know, there's still there's still plenty of games, and I could see Somerset sort of getting back up there and maybe getting in a quarter final. But yeah. it's gonna they'll have to they'll have to win most of their you remaining. You say the same about Northamptonshire as well. I mean, that, often the formulaic way that these teams win competitions can come unstuck a year later, as I mentioned. Um, a lot of their focus, especially with their power batting, is all rounders, batting all rounders, bowling all rounders in some cases. Um, and perhaps over a, over a season, as the format now is, a little harder to sustain, do you think? Yeah, the, so especially playing every week as well, rather than, you know, in the in previous years, it's been a lot more spread in out. In the day, you can cash in on form a lot more that's, rather than consistency. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you know, some of the maybe the North Hans unknown players, like Savazarula, uh, mm. sort of came from nowhere last year, took a lot of people by storm, but he seems to have been... You know, still doing well, but maybe found out a little bit compared to last year. Willie's injury, um, and yeah, you know, they're they're struggling in the four-day cricket and winning as a mentality, and it's difficult to sort of replicate that in uh, same squad of players yeah, across all forms. And a week ago today, um, I was being smashed all over the place by Worcestershire's second team. You were at New Road though, watching. Yeah, having a much more enjoyable yeah, time. I think. Warwickshire, Worcestershire. Yeah. Anything you noticed? I know you had a bit of a chat with some of the players. Um, yeah, well. it was uh, a, a good win, good easy win for Worcestershire. Really, it wasn't the uh, wasn't the most gripping game of twenty twenty cricket I've ever seen. Worcestershire uh, fielded first and. Yeah, they they obviously have have a plan, um, and it worked well. They've got Russell that likes the bowl sh- bowl quite short up top, and they they set a field for that. And they know that they've got four overs of the the magician that is side Ajmal up their sleeves, and teams just mm. and Daryl Mitchell twenty twenty fifty seem to be like London buses for well, three in a row now. Three is in it? a row, not scored not, in not one, years and years, not got it? one for six years, and now three in a row. Um, he. Made it look very easy last week. 
chasing a low score. I say spoke to him, had a quick chat with him afterwards, um, and their their plan was to go out and and make sure the game was won in the first four overs, and they certainly did that. Um, and you know, needing six, seven, and over for the last fifteen overs, it was never going to be much of a of an issue. And he, him and Monroe knocked it around. I was actually quite impressed with Monroe. First time I've seen him play. The Kiwi yeah. looked good. A uh, couple of interesting reverse hits. A uh, couple of sixes from that. It was a fairly com comfortable yeah. win, really. For so they looked. Seems to be a good era for the for the Kiwi all rounder, doesn't it? At the minute, especially it does, in the short yeah. form of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah and. The story, uh, if you can call it that, really. I mean, it hasn't really come to anything over the last week or two. Um, Andrew Flintoff. He, I just reading today, uh, actually, Manchester Evening News of quotes from the coaching staff saying how he's getting better and better, but unlikely to play against Yorkshire today. Yeah. Um, I gather um, did have a run out in the Notting uh, against Nottinghamshire second team in the week, which kind of does show how seriously he's taking things, um, and kind of removes the idea of a publicity stunt. One for fifty-eight off nine, which. I can't seem to kind of say shows us too much, uh, but 40 off 23 balls and a successful run chase kind of stands out, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah, it shows that he's still uh, still hitting a long ball, like you say, against uh, Nottinghamshire's second team, which with the likes of, uh, I think you said, Ball was playing. So, yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, certainly a, a fairly experienced uh, first-class couple of seamers in there. So, yeah, it's uh, looking good. Um, is it a publicity stunt? Yes, is my honest opinion. I think it is. Um, I just wonder whether they they found it too hard to turn down. I mean, in, there's so many opportunities for someone like Flintoff to come out of retirement now and play, whether it be here in one of the for one of the counties or overseas. I just wondered with their kind of first refusal whether they didn't want to see him go somewhere else and be a revelation and think how they missed out on him. Possibly. Um, whether that be in the Caribbean League and then see his price get hyped up back here next season or. Yeah. My only sort of uh, worry about it is the message it sends to our lads in the academy. Mm. You know, if there's a young... And Clark, isn't it, has been pretty yeah. interesting to follow this season. Jordan yeah, Jordan Clark, Clark doing well. You know, who who misses out? Does Flintoff come into the first team? Who drops down out of the first team? Flintoff playing in these second team games. Is is there an academy lad not, not getting a second team mm. game because of yeah. it? You know... In five years' time, who's going to be the one that's playing in the 2020 Blast? It's not going to be Flintoff. I don't know. But if if Lancashire get him playing and they sell out the if they sell out Old Trafford on a Friday night, then you know it, I don't expect the uh, don't expect they really mind. So yeah, well a good uh, we've actually uh, just had on the television here New Zealand West Indies um, the third test I believe uh, and a good transition between the 2020 and. Uh, and the test series going out in the Caribbean is the question. Chris Gale, 100 test matches uh, the other week. Yeah. Do you think he's the last of his type to uh, ever play that many test matches? I was surprised actually that he'd played that many, although I suppose. There's been a few when... interludes, haven't there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think he, he will be the last. If, you know, the likes of the 2020 specialist in inverted commas, such as Pollard, uh, Lassith Malinga. They, they will, the upcoming crop of those those guys will, unlikely to ever play that amount of test matches again. Yeah, mm. um, I certainly think if Gale was exactly the same as he is now, as as a twenty year old, he wouldn't even play fifty test matches. Certainly, in the certainly for the countries that don't have the uh, the wealth that say uh, the big three have, uh, England, Australia, and India. Um, you certainly see well, Sonny or Noreen's decision to play in the IPL final over a test match uh, certainly certainly points out how the, the momentum switch into the shorter format of the game if it hasn't already. Mm -hmm. Any other players in, in the series caught your eye? I mean I'm a big fan of Trent Bolt and Tim Southey yeah, I, I who must... haven't, haven't really bowled their side to, to winning test matches too much this series uh, although they have been impressive in bursts. I must say I haven't, uh, haven't seen much of it uh, just looked at sort of scorecards um, I say I'm Bolt. I was keeping an eye on Bolt again. We saw him at Grace Road yeah. last year and looked looked good. Um, Quicker through the air than he than he, you might perceive him to be on the yeah. speed gun. Or yeah, I was I was thinking late like, swing as well. Left arm left arm seamers are always always wicket takers. I think mm. so. Um, 
yeah, I can't really comment too much other than that because I haven't seen too much. Um, interesting, I think, was it uh, was it Darren Bravo bowling first change yeah. for an over? I'm not, yeah. not quite sure what that was what that was about. Uh, yeah, it seems a little different to the West Indies that uh, past generations tell us about. But... Certainly, yeah, um, and I've seen. No, uh, was it Solomon Ben five? Uh, yeah, five fitted yesterday. yesterday yeah. So, so yeah, obviously different kind and of. There's a, well, there's mean. a spinning wealth there really in the West Indies. I mean, not, perhaps not one of them has really come through to establish themselves. But you think of Ben, think of Shillingford, who's had had his problems. Narayana, we've mentioned um, Nikita Miller. You always see does well in first class cricket over there. Uh, perhaps something to be said about the pitches. I know they were making the note on commentary today that a lot of the first-class pitches are looking completely different to what their test match pitches are looking like. Right. Infrastructure questions, again, I guess, out in the Caribbean. Uh, one slightly uh, more negative spin to put in things, I know Kane Williamson, who has really kind of, like we're discussing with Angelo Matthews, really seems to be um, stepping up the quality with the bat, uh, as unfortunately we've been reported for his bowling action. Um, seems to be a bit of a, a habit going on around world cricket now. Yeah, um, big fan of Williamson. Um, seems to be able to score runs in uh, all conditions. Did well for Gloucestershire in, over in England last few years and started certainly started the season well at Yorkshire this year. Um, yeah, yeah, he's. It's always his bowling action always looked close to the wire, and it was probably only a matter of time. Uh, the unfortunate thing is he's not not the only one. Well, Sananayake, yeah, uh, Shillingford, we've mentioned Johan Bother in the past, who's now or has been playing his trade in uh, Australian state cricket. Yeah, Shoaib Malik as well, and there's probably more, yeah. more instances we could mention. Um, well, I know we've had a discussion in the past um, saying the testing is is the te is the is it the right way to test. I mean, can we we can all bowl with a straight arm if we want to mm. under a test. We can all bowl with a bent arm. It's one when you know you're being tested and you know exactly what the person's looking for. I'm fairly sure you can meet that criteria. Of course. So I think that's more the issue is actually maybe the ICC need to look at. Is that the right way to test? I mean, I, I don't know what the what a better way is. I certainly haven't got any suggestions, but. I think that's probably more of an issue, uh, yeah. and players are going to keep keep doing it whilst they can get away with it. You know, everyone everyone's looking in Test cricket to to push the line and get away with as much yeah. as they can. So, well, and there's been calls in this country to start coaching our youngsters. Shall we call it the more unorthodox kind of form of yeah. bowling? It's perhaps somewhere that we've suffered in the past, especially playing. Well, one main example: the 2020 World Cup uh, in the subcontinent in Bangladesh. Um, mystery spin is something we could do with but you wouldn't really want to encourage a a young cricketer with potential of earning earning money and making a career out of the game something that might cut that very short uh well it's certainly something to take a look at not only how how kane williamson's bowling develops but how the icc deal with this as well uh, we're going to take another short break um but when we come back uh we're going to come up with a few county uh, championship predictions for the coming week uh, that hopefully will, will bear fruit come next week's podcast thanks for joining us again uh, just to round ourselves up here um, we're going to predict some of the some of the fixtures coming up this week uh, I'm going to go for Division 1 of the championship and Mike's going to take on Division 2 um, I'll start with a game that I'm hopefully going to be at uh, Warwickshire not I'm sure up at Edgbaston um, you might accuse me of a bit of bias here, but I'm I'm going to go for a Warwickshire win. Uh, they've been struggling a bit recently, but that kind of seems to be the the nature of their season so far. I think we're going to, you know, we might see Warwickshire bite back. Uh, hopefully, hopefully a few less injury troubles as they've had so far, and they can bring a bit of consistency through some of their young players. Um, I've also got Lancashire to beat Somerset, uh, one to watch out for, and I've got uh, Middlesex to beat Northants. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Do you know what I mean? um, yeah, so did two, quite a big game. Surrey, Hampshire, two teams that have spent a lot of time in Div 1 recently. Um, Surrey in different season, but seem to have turned it around last month. Almost almost a blessing in disguise. Maybe Amla coming in for Smith. Amla mm -hmm. sort of seems to have settled right in. Um, I've, But I'm going for a Hampshire win in this. Okay. Hampshire top of the league. 
they're a good side. We talked about how they've got a lot of bases covered in 2020. I think it's similar in in four day stuff. Um, you know, Vince, Vince, we've talked about a lot today. He's in the runs. Carberry runs. Good, good, solid team. I, I just think I think Hampshire will win that one. Um, Essex Gloucester. Um, Gloucester struggling a little bit. Injuries. Clingers missing this game. I think they had to call up a kid from school to keep wicket for them in the week. Um, they've got an academy lad in keeping wicket now. Um, one man who's probably going to be a huge game is Monty Panasar for Essex. Uh, people will be looking looking at how he gets on. A lot of calls for him potentially back in the England side. Uh, so yeah, big game for Monty and I think Essex will win, win that one. Okay. Uh, and then we've got Worcester Glamorgan uh, at Worcester. Uh, Worcester big surprise package this year. As a Worcester fan myself, I'd never envisaged them being top of two leagues at, at this stage. <laughs> um, Mitchell and Ajmal have starred this year, but they've also been backed up by a lot of guys that probably haven't done that well uh, in previous years. Cavazzi's done well. Cox stepped up, goes first hundred. Shantry and Morris, I've been quite impressed with the new ball. Um, Glamorgan though a strong strong side. They've got they probably haven't got the strength in depth across all eleven as as other has, but but you know, I think Hogan is a good bowler, takes a lot of wickets. Uh Will Bragg's doing well, as is Jacques Rudolph stepped up in the last couple of weeks. Um but I think one man's gonna be the difference, especially at New Road, where it's been taking a lot of spin. I think Side Ajman will be the difference, and that's why I've gone for a Worcester win. Surprise that, isn't it? It's taking a lot of spin. Yes. With yeah. Well of course, um, you know, Ajmal Moeen playing, of course, we haven't mentioned Moeen's been released, mm. so that strengthens um you know, your slot in at number three for Worcester and I expect he will bowl a lot on under uh, supervision from England. Well that uh, must be why I mean he's the one released, isn't he? He so is he so, yeah. overs under his belt. He's had enough time at the crease of recent. So I think uh, yeah, with Moen and Ajmal there'll be a lot of overs for, for Worcester and a lot of spin and I can't I think that for that reason I'll go for Worcester win. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top out of our predictions. Yes. Uh, we'll get a score chart going. You are a few points ahead of me in the uh, T20 Fancy League at the minute, but just a few, so yeah, I might rein soon, that in as well by could, next week. Could soon change after tonight as well, so yes. Okay, well, if there has been anyone listening, uh, by any great miracle, thanks a lot for joining us. Well done well, for surviving this long. Surviving that, yeah, we've barely managed. Um, hopefully we'll be making this a bit of a regular occurrence, so I can make a bit of a portfolio of all my work. Um, if that is the case, next week we'll... we'll be likely previewing that first test match from Trent Bridge, um, as well as reviewing a couple of games we'll have hopefully been to this week. I mentioned Warwickshire Knott, uh, also the Worcestershire-Yorkshire 2020 next weekend as well, if we can get there. Um, so I hope you join us next week. Um, thanks a lot, guys. Cheers, thank you.